Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Charisma O'Keefe. I am Angelic Yard. You are here on purpose. It is not a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, if you thought you were listening to another show, well, stick around. You're here for this one. <laughs> Welcome. Um, so, yeah, there is a lot of drama going on right now on Twitter. We'll just get, like, straight into it. Uh, we're not going to name names, but we're going to say that there's a lot of stuff happening um, in the business slash influencer market right now. And it's interesting stuff because it's stuff that we've actually talked about before. If you've been like listening with, with us for what the four to five years we've been recording, we've always been very vocal about the fact that we're not like, we like courses if it's a good course that has a specific purpose. Um, but if the purpose is just, Hey, I made $40,000 in a month. Um, and here's how you can too, even though we don't really have anything in common and we're not starting with the same toolkit or the same, you know, life or whatever, that's not really like where we think you should be investing your money. Like there's definitely leaders in industries who share courses, whether it's about, you know, like branding or photography or editing or, you know, just all sorts of different things. I mean, everything from like flower making, whatever, and they're great courses on teachable Skillshare, whatever. Um, but a course that's kind of not really about anything, I don't, I, I don't know. It's, like we, it's we, broad. We just always told people, we'll only tell you to buy something if we really think that it's beneficial. And these are those things that we don't necessarily think are beneficial. And now it seems like the internet has agreed. Yeah. The, so it's almost like a backlash. And this is not just in, it's it's moving more so to the, the black women sector just because it's harmful and we We've had enough, like, we, we're dealing with a lot. We're going to talk about a little bit more about, like, Black Mourning period right now uh, later in the episode with our guest. But this has been a conversation that's happened in the girl boss, boss, babe circle for the past, I feel like, 18 months, specifically because of what happened with The Way. And if you're not familiar, the CEO was just a terrible human. And all of this information between our communication on Slack and their terrible vacation policy and just the way she abused her. You know, these people who want to work with her because she's a female CEO and raised all this funding for this company that's killing it. And they go and they work for her and she's a terrible human being. And this also happened with, um, what is the tampon brand? This is a woman of color. She wrote a book. It's like an Asian girl. Um, goodness, what is the name? Whatever the name of the organic tampon brand she was also involved in kind of like being like a, a terrible boss. This has been conversation been happening for a couple of years, but specifically recently it's happened in the black entrepreneur space because black people are disproportionately like disadvantaged by what's happening with COVID-19 and financially and economically, we are the ones who are experiencing a number one, the most loss of life and B also like the loss of income. So when we're trying to create multiple income streams. So where you go when you want to do that, you go to the internet, you go to the people in your circle, you go to the people who are alleged leaders in this space, because these are the people who are touting that information of like, these are how to create multiple income streams, or this time made $20,000 in a week, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And most of that information is found via Facebook. So if you've Googled it, the Facebook ads start to come to you because of retargeting marketing. <laughs> then you start to see the ads for the courses on Instagram because obviously Facebook is owned by Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all marketing ploy to get you. So you start to see this person over and over again. You're thinking this person really probably knows what they're doing. They may have a podcast. They may have a blog. They start to talk about their income reports. And if you're desperate and you want to start a business and you're not sure what to do, you're seeing this information multiple times. You're going to start to believe that this person knows what they're talking about. So you're going to invest in this course. Nine out of 10 beginner courses on how to start a business or how to create a brand new revenue stream, most of the time is information that you can find just Googling on your own. Like you don't need to buy a course. If you do want to have someone teach you to do something online, I will always suggest hiring someone one-on-one -on -one for consulting. I yeah. as first what part. you're doing is different like yeah. literally that's something that I do and like I do not give the same information to any two people because where someone who is like oh I'm retired and I had a long career now I'm looking to start a business doing this after this like long successful career versus I'm 18 right. and I decided to not go to college um, and I don't have a lot of money starting out, a lot of capital, but this is what I want to do. Those are two different situations. You, you're not going to get the same advice, you know? Right. And I don't understand how, and there are obviously definitely 
targeted courses and industries and things that you want to do that definitely will work for you and your situation specifically but everything like broad general advice on like how to start how to grow your instagram followers it's like a start an instagram b follow people c comment like i mean like did you need to pay 300 dollars for this advice did you need to you spend that money to color me courtney's instagram you, and she there's several like you can go to the future with things she shares like all of that advice so yeah i mean there's several people who do this and you know so there's not i'm not saying it's wrong to make money off of sharing your knowledge because passive income obviously is a large way that people are making money right now creators who have had contracts canceled they are trying to create passive education income and i um education for people to create income for themselves because a lot of people have lost money and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do not think there's anything wrong with courses. However, please just validate your sources. If someone says they are a multi-millionaire or a six-figure earner, et cetera, et cetera, what business did they have prior to starting this quote-unquote consulting business or this quote-unquote course? If you can't find anything... Chances are the course is the business and that you are part of the six-figure income and that that is how they make their money, that they sold you a course, you bought it. They don't have any other knowledge beyond what's sitting in there. They've never run a business. They've never had to do anything. There's so many people in your community right now who you could work with on a mentor basis as a mentee that aren't on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. You won't see them posted anywhere. They won't be on anywhere in a fancy luxury vehicle. They won't be carrying a nice bag. They are the women who are running the restaurants that have been open for 20 years who are killing it in a pandemic because they have the business knowledge that they've had for so long. These are the women who are working in nonprofit spaces who keep these nonprofits afloat with very little money. You need to sit down with those people and figure out what they're doing, take their hustle, take their knowledge and try to apply it to what you're doing because you are in a different space than someone who started out with $20,000, $30,000 loan from their parents to start their business, to invest in photographers, to invest in web designers, to invest in people to set up their branding as someone who does branding for a living. Obviously, there's a certain level of someone looking more, quote unquote, established when they have their, like the restaurants that have quote unquote good branding and things are appealing to millennials for a reason. We are very visual people. We like seeing fancy things. We like to go to those places. That does not take away from the value of the restaurants that have been in these spaces for 20, 30, 40 years that serve amazing food, that don't have Facebook, that don't have Yelp, that don't have Instagram pictures with long, pretty like coffin style nails. So we just need to think about how we're investing in our businesses and how we want to use our platforms to uplift those who are in our spaces, uplift the people who don't have the voices, like stop woman crushing Wednesday, the same 15 people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Are there not like more than 15 people on the internet? So I would just take caution, heed caution because we're getting into pandemic schemes where it's very scheming out here. Like there's so many scams or so many, phishing scams with emails and that doesn't take like people will harm you for the intent of creating a lifestyle for themselves and they will not care about it and I think it's unfortunate that when you're young you don't think that like you when you're in your like you just graduated from college you're not thinking I'm gonna go start a business doing something I love in an industry I love there are gonna be people who are gonna lead me astray on purpose like obviously everybody's gonna hurt me but the reality is if it feeds someone's family, they're obviously not, eventually they're gonna talk their way out of it being a bad thing and talk themselves into it being a good thing. Like, well, they didn't get anything out of the course, but that's on them. They didn't understand it, blah, 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 blah. Like just take your time, research things before you do them. Try to find things for free in a legal sense, obviously. And if you do have money, yeah. you do wanna invest, I would encourage you to hire someone on a one-on-one basis prior to because that that even just hiring someone as a like consultant to consult you into what education you need to get into to further yourself. Yes, that's definitely, definitely something you could do if you have the I money also, to do so. Like I would say to be very cautious of people that are selling courses and like in the course they kind of like start by putting you down already and they say yes here's the course and if you don't make you know 20 grand in your first week after this that's because you're not committed enough right you're not doing enough and you're not stepping up to the plate and you don't really want it if they're telling you that already rather than saying like 
this is guaranteed or like I'll give you your money back or you know like that you want to hear more like yes this is work it's a proven strategy whatever and of course like like I said one one size is normally not fits all so you know it is kind of hard to have a course that's going to be a proven strategy unless that is a damn good course and they will give you your money back because they know that it's going to work for so many people that they're not concerned about it but if they're sitting there pointing fingers and blaming you before you've even purchased the course and they're telling you like yeah if you fail it's all your fault and has nothing to do with me like that's a lot different than saying like i can't guarantee you'll make this amount that's that's a very different thing and there's i i'm not kidding when i truly say it. like i have read courses oh yeah it's, the, it's a nagging strategy course, I, the, yeah the yeah where it's like yeah like if you purchase this by the way you might fail and if you do it's your fault because you didn't want enough and you didn't i'm like what the like this is not positive energy at all. Yeah, um, negging is so a yeah. strategy that people have been using to sell things. It also is common in dating. <laughs> it's it's part of like uh, that's like, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to give people a platform, but everyone knows the non-American male who is all about this like male rights activism model and has written dating books, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. In his dating books, negging is a common theme about like if you want to get out of being an incel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, if that's what you're interested in doing you need to make people feel bad about themselves because then they will want to lean into you to figure out what's wrong with them. And that's how you get people to buy into things. So if definitely that's a, like a big red flag. Another red flag is if you see a course page, which usually has like 9,000 words on them because it's lead pages and that's what they're taught to do is just put a bunch of copy and testimonials, et cetera, et cetera, scroll down to the bottom. And you're like, oh yeah, this sounds amazing. It, it just like sometimes copy and paste those words to Google and you probably will find someone else who took the course to build courses that has that same yeah. copy from the person who sold them that. That's a big thing for me is I look up like sometimes who the people are who like whoever gave the testimonials. I look up to see it's like what are they doing? How are yeah. they doing now? Because I don't want to just see like this page that is obviously meant for me to make me buy this. I want to see like well the people that took the course and are saying it's great. What does their life look like now? You know that's just the, the reason that's why testimonials are important. Like follow up on them and see because these are large investments. This isn't like these people are not selling like twenty dollar courses. These people are selling like thousand dollars, like yeah, thousands worth of dollars. Like you know, like uh, their cheaper courses are in the nine hundreds. Yeah. So that's a lot of money to invest. Like honestly, you could one hundred percent find a really good one on one um, business. You know, like business mentee mentor rather to sit down with you honestly i think that it'd be more worth your time to spend an hour with somebody who owns a business and pay them for that hour yeah than it would be to buy the whole course because right. it would be advice that's tailored to you and i know for me that before i sit down with somebody i do all the research that i need to do for their field so that when we're sitting down for that hour like it's information overload for the entire hour it's not just like Oh, well, let, like, tell me about your, no, it's like, I've already know the information. I've asked them a series of questions. We go in and we go hard for an hour, you know? So yeah. finding that tailored advice that is going to literally be cheaper than this course that is just kind of made kind of like as a blanket for everyone, I think is important. Um, I also think it's important that whether you are wanting to build a community and like be that boss on top at, at some point, or if you already are at that point, it's really important to remember like, not everyone is in the same situation as you and just kind of leading with a little bit of kindness. So whether that means like trying to be a mentor to others where you can, just extending kindness where you can, owning up to mistakes where you can, all of that stuff is so important. Whether you made, you know, $5,000 last year or $500,000 last year or $5 million last year or $5 billion last year, like just be kind to people and don't be like snarky and rude for no reason because everyone's out here trying their best and especially if your audience is other people like you in a marginalized community it should be your goal and your passion to lift that community up yeah uh, also like on a side note we need to teach people maybe we need to have an episode about apologies because allison roman was a hot oh mess this goodness. weekend and yes. i don't like i'm not even gonna get into it because you can it's google like it an apology tour for real but i think we need to sit down and like really talk to someone about apologies and what they mean and how that applies in business because you do apologize a lot in business because you are not perfect so i mean maybe i need to dig deep in that because much like yeah. this situation that we're talking about there have been like Allison Roman dug her heels into this stake and then went back after she 
found out yeah. this information that could have cost her a television show. So I just yeah. be kind. Like it's so much, so much easier to be kind. I'm so excited about our guests and our interview because she's so sweet. Yes. And I just wanted to hug her through the nice computer. Kindness. That's what we need to see. That's what we all need right now. Yeah, she was super sweet. I just wanted to hug her through the computer. You guys are going to love her. Like, I, I genuinely am so excited about all of the guests we've had on this year. And yes. 2020 has been 2020 has been guests. so we've good. We've had such guests. good guests. So enjoy the I mean, episode. I love all of our guests. But yes. Like, it's just been... No, because we were, we've been digging up the ones that we had before to bring them back on, so yeah, like, <laughs> clearly. Not a lot, and if you haven't heard from some, like, if you've been, again, listening forever, and you have something, you're like, oh, well, I really like that interview. Chances are we do have them on the schedule coming up. We have the schedule booked out months in advance. Um, so, yeah, chances are we do have a follow-up coming up with them because we've been really lucky to have some amazing people on on this podcast. So. Yes. So uh, take a listen. Feel like get some, get your favorite tea, like set the mood because this conversation is so nice and so thoughtful. And really um, just invest in yourself and take time to really research things before you spend money. That's all my like tip of the day. Is yes. to, to put your money, get excited to spend it, get excited to spend it in the people that you want to invest in, but make sure those yeah. people are aligned with you and, and your goal. Day, remember that when you're making an investment like that, the investment is in you yes. and it shouldn't be all about the other person no. and like just getting to talk to them or whatever, because they're an influencer, like internet celebrity or whatever. The investment is in yourself. The investment is in your business. The investment is in your skill set or whatever that is. So that focus should be on you. Make sure that it feels right before you go ahead and make that payment. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back. We are so excited that we have a fancy new guest from over the seas. <laughs> like I feel like we we're we're so international this year. It's so exciting. Um, so we have yeah. So we have Michelle Hopewell here with us. Hi, Michelle. We're so happy that you're here, and we're so excited because tomorrow's your birthday. So thank you for spending your pre-birthday with us, and uh, just tell us. Yeah, tell our listeners who you are and what your brand is and what you're about and what you're doing during this pandemic times. <laughs> uh, well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I'm so excited to join you. Um, my name is Michelle Chantal Hopewell, very long name and it kind of rhymes. <laughs> and I'm an actor and a writer and a blogger. I'm based here in the UK in Edinburgh. Um, so if you ever visit Scotland, hit me up, say hello. Um, and yeah, I'm, I have a strong theatre uh, background, but kind of branching into all kinds of things. Um, and during this pandemic season, it's been, uh, kind of great for me in terms of like investing time in my art and just getting to write and getting to create music and kind of not having um a purpose to it just getting to do it for the joy of it and um i was working quite consistently which has been such a blessing but it also doesn't leave room for kind of that passion that joy of actually doing it because you love it not just because you're paying bills um, so it's been really lovely to kind of just invest in that. It feels like I'm investing back in myself and it. I feel like it's part of my self-care and personal practice as an artist. So for me, it's been really kind of like luxurious. I kind of feel like it's almost quite naughty. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, loads of British people, it's like, oh, that's really naughty. Like if you have like a biscuit or something or a cookie. Um, yes. and, yeah, so it's kind of... It's felt a little bit naughty, but in like a really wonderful way. I really enjoyed it. I completely relate to that. And that's why, I mean, I've always loved following you. I've been following you like since you, um, like since you were like actively working on the stage all the time. That was obviously a very interesting season of your life to see, but (laughs) it's been interesting to see you transition to like right now being like somebody who is like a constant creator, but you're in home in this like completely different atmosphere. And Mm -hmm. I've kind of felt the same way where I've been like, I feel bad, right? Because it's like everything is kind of crazy. But like I have had like this space to actually like express myself and create and not necessarily worry about like, what am I like, what is it like, what is the point of it? Or like, am I turning Mm -hmm. into money? And my whole life, I've always turned everything into like, okay, well, I've got to make money from it because that's just mm-hmm. what I have to do. And so mm-hmm. it's it's very freeing. And that's why I really connected with your content even more so lately because mm-hmm. you've really shown, I feel like, just an authentic, like, 
view of what that daily life has been like and you and it hasn't been perfect like you've been like yeah there's there's up days and there's down days but mm. you know like I am still just like being in this community and creating this community because I love it because I want to be here um so mm. I really I just love that lately like your your Instagram and your blog are fantastic oh thank you so much thank you that's so so sweet I'm really glad like it it genuinely warms my heart to hear that kind of feedback because um, I know, especially for myself as a young person of color growing up, that kind of space, the existence of that space, I think, where we could have the freedom without any kind of box or um, kind of, yeah, I don't know, like boundary line being put in place so that we have that freedom to create and like kind of find out what it means to be unapologetic and free and like just discover and create for ourselves without anything being superimposed on us and any kind of I don't know just obstacle kind of holding us back so that I, I love that I really I just wish that kind of freedom for everyone really yes absolutely um so for our American audience who doesn't know you've worked on the West End which is basically our Broadway for those who are unfamiliar um so you're a professional stage actress you're working in the UK how did you get into that profession and what is your favorite thing about doing it um so my journey wasn't necessarily linear so I didn't grow up even though I grew up loving the arts and especially theatre I didn't grow up going to classes or anything like I wasn't um the little kids that was like stuck into loads of classes from when they were really small um I do have a memory of wanting to do contemporary dance and my parents being like no like that's that's for older kids we'll put you in ballet and like just not I was like no <laughs> for me and just being like no I'd rather shelve this um so I didn't do it for, like for years and years and years and then kind of get into it. I, I actually didn't even really have the confidence, truthfully. I didn't think it was a viable option. I didn't see me in what I was watching. So if we would go and see something in the theatre, I would love it and I would feel so strongly that I wanted to do it and I could feel that. I was like, I can do that, but I just didn't see myself. So I didn't know if it was a viable career choice. So it took a long time for me to kind of build up that confidence and also to kind of say, well, look, if there is no one like me doing it, maybe I need to be the first person to do it. And then thankfully on that journey, I discovered that we have like a very rich um, culture in theater and in the arts, just in general, uh, where we have all of these incredible people of color who are also artists. And that was really encouraging to know, like, okay, I'm not alone in this journey. Um, so yeah, it was probably my late teens. That's when I kind of, um, and I was actually just talking about this uh, on my Instagram. It was the beginning of my late twenties into no, my late teens into the beginning of my twenties, where I kind of like held myself at it because I was like, right, okay, um, I finished high school, I've finished college, I took some time out, and I was like, I'm gonna do this. And it, sorry, just uh, for context, in the UK, college for us isn't. Uh, kind of the framework of college in the state so we have high school college and then university uh, mm -hmm. and university is college for you guys so we, we almost have like an interim before we jump into um, university which academics. is wonderful and I wish we had <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I do like it's it's something I'm really grateful for because it kind of gave me the time to step away and be like okay um, what do I truly want because I, at that point, I was like, oh, I'll go to university and I'll study um, English literature and Russian literature. <laughs> and I had like all of these ideas of maybe being like a historian. I, I like, I didn't really know what I wanted. I knew what I wanted deep down in my heart, but I didn't have the confidence to say it out loud. Um, so yeah, it was that point in my 20s where I was like, right, just hurl yourself at it. And it's going to be kind of a journey of fake it until you make it. And thankfully that worked. <laughs> I love the, first of all, that you pointed out that there are so many people of color in theater because I don't think that people know that. Like, I think it's almost like a, a secret to the mainstream <laughs> audience because they're not the people who you see up front, unless you're like a big theater kid, unless you're a drama kid, you mm. will not know 
the richness and culture that there are such a, such a diversity of voices and people in theater and that's kind of like it's such a space where I find comfort I cannot sing like yeah. I'm not but just seeing yeah. the ability for people of color and women of color of any shape size you know what I mean like you don't have to look like a, a Barbie for all the roles like certainly obviously there's body types and archetypes that are made for people but you can come mm. in and find a space for you and you can make it happen and I think it's mm. becoming more well known thanks to social media and you know I feel like there's definitely like less of a veil between people who are on Broadway or you know in theater versus the typical mm. Hollywood actors who are kind of untouchable and they have that celebrity against uh, about them so I love that you touched on mm. that because I I really think it's important that our listeners who have young children or who may be in their teens or in that place where they're, they're thinking about trying to audition or go and try to find that route for themselves, but are be hearing home at home, like there's no place for you. There's no space for you. There's nowhere on you for you on the stage. I think, I think we should just continue to amplify that the arts are made for us, for people of yeah. color and that we should continue to contribute to those spaces. So I appreciate you saying that. passing that's been happening lately. Like, being able to see like a black Hermione and like a black Kristoff and Frozen, a black Anna, mm. like those have been like such like monumental moments because I know for me, like growing up being such like a Harry Potter like kid, you know, mm-hmm. seeing like I, I went to see uh Cursed Child on the West End. That was the first like West End play I ever saw. Oh amazing. I know. I literally cried because the first person who steps on to um the the like the first person who steps out into the play is actually the sorting hat which is obviously a hat in the movies and the books but is played by a person in the play and it was a black man and i mm-hmm. cried because i was like i'm watching a harry potter play and the first person to step on stage is a black person and it was just mm-hmm. such like a, a diverse cast and then now in for frozen um the on the broadway side of things like they have a black Kristoff and a black Anna mm-hmm. and they've been loving it and doing so well and they've been like really well received. But I remember being a kid and I remember Tony Braxton playing um, a black bell in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And that really like, I grew up loving Beauty and the Beast and really like just enjoying the movie resonating with Belle because she loves to read and that sort of thing. And so mm-hmm. like she was one of my favorite characters, but I never saw myself in any Disney characters at that point because Tiana hadn't come along yet. And so mm-hmm. being like knowing, just knowing that she was on Broadway, like I never saw her. I did see the Broadway across America when they came to America when I was, or when I came, when I came to uh, Orlando when I was a kid and we didn't see her in it. We just saw like, you know, whoever the, the person was, but just knowing that mm-hmm. she played that role for me was huge. Cause I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. I don't think you black. So sometimes just being that first person and just be like you said, being visible for someone else, it means so much. Like it really does. Yeah, and I mean, even especially in stage, we have so many great plays right now that are written by by Black people. Mm-hmm. I, I just I could go on and on about how this sector has really made itself available, and I think that people should not discourage the youth from yeah. getting involved in the arts because I, I think that's what that's what's keeping us going. A by the way, we're in a pandemic; we can't do anything else, <laughs> and all of these <laughs> actors and singers and everybody's yeah, like creating content for us. <gasps> yes. That? I'm so hyped. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it. I'm very excited. Oh my goodness. So I know we can geek on on and on, but you also, to just piggyback up what I'm saying, you spread so much Black Girl Magic on your Instagram, on the web, everywhere you are. And you're also, just because you are you, and I don't like... There's this discourse and feedback, and then we talked about a little bit about Adele and this conversations about bodies and the way we police mm-hmm. women's bodies. And it is important for women to be themselves no matter what body you have, you are your person. So I think it's so important that you celebrate your body and what it is for what it is and your wedding dress. Might I also say, because you are a plus size bride, but you your dress is truly, like I'm so jealous of your dress. I'm like, it is fantastic. So just talk to us a little bit about your experience in uh, being a woman of color and being just who you are in this community and just showing up and making yourself a leader in this community. Because I think, again, I just say it's so important for representation for people feel more empowered when they see themselves in the roles that they want to be in in life. And I think you are doing such a wonderful job of doing that right now with your content. So just talk to us a little bit about what you're doing in this space. Oh my goodness. Well, firstly, thank you so much. I actually got quite emotional hearing that because I I truly don't 
even necessarily see myself as a leader within the community. I just see myself as this, like, I, I think we all know our inner child mm-hmm. is there and mm-hmm. um, just in the journey of kind of like self-growth, we kind of acknowledge that inner child and want to make them proud. And a lot of what I do, I think about me as a kid and I think about what she needed and I do my best as an adult to facilitate that and I think um that's kind of informed a lot of what I'm passionate about I I want to see all of the little girls that look like us like all of all just all of the kids with like regardless of gender all of the kids and especially especially the kids of color that didn't have the representation like they didn't see themselves um as they grew up they just didn't see themselves in the areas of life that they needed to see so i think it's so important to show up and show out when you can and to kind of just lay even the smallest brick i think we all have that responsibility and i think we can all take that onus to kind of lay that pavement together and and to kind of change the direction of where things have been going and it's not it doesn't take one person it takes all of us um and i i think that's why it's so important that we do think about especially even when it comes to social media making sure that our timelines are as diverse as possible so that we can see multiple different lived experiences and take away from those experiences and let that make us more sensitive and more tolerant and more welcoming and I think it's pretty exciting I think especially this time like I know it's not great and I'm so grateful for all of the sacrifices that our key workers and our medical workers are making and all of their families are sacrifices that they're making um, puts a lot of us in a super privileged position where we can sit at home really safely and all we have to do is just sit at home safely and think about what we can do to change things because we needed that change this change that's come and kind of turn the world upside down i think we would do it we were a, a world of burnt out overtired yes people who didn't see themselves in what they were watching and didn't feel heard there's so many people that feel unheard and yeah if i can help anyone find their voice in any way like i just feel like i can measure that as a win in life because success is so linear like success for me isn't you know being super rich and on a yacht and like drinking my champagne not that that wouldn't be cute but like my, like the measure of success is knowing that I truly was my brother and my sister's keeper and I did all that I could to make sure that someone felt heard and they felt or they found their purpose or their passion or they accepted themselves when they were struggling to do that um so yeah I just want to give back as much as I can and and it's really funny because I think so much of what we're talking about, I kind of, in a really truncated way, talked about in my stories today on Instagram and just I've been reflecting on this decade of my 20s. Um, and I think the shift in terms of talking about kind of uh, self-love for the body and body acceptance and what began as body positivity for me, um, that started in my second year of drama school training when... I was actually in a, a super low place. I didn't actually know, do I want to continue this on? This is really hard. I don't see anyone else like me. Is, am I even going to be able to have a career from this? Am I good enough? I was literally plagued with all of the insecurities, all of the self-doubt. And it really was a case of, I knew, right, something's wrong. So firstly, I prioritized my mental health and I made sure that I got the help that I needed so I started seeing a therapist which changed my life all I can say is if you are in the position to be able to access uh, mental health support especially see a counselor or a therapist do it do it do it it is amazing I love my therapist she's amazing and I wish that everyone had that space yes um to facilitate their mental health journey. I, I would love if everyone had access to it. 
Um, but that really, it truly changed the game. And I just had to, that was the point in my life where I checked in with myself and it really was like, go big or go home. And I was like, no, okay, come on girl, it's time to go big. So I just had to make the decision to like dig my heels into the ground. And so I had to be like, okay, I need to address what's, what I'm struggling with. I need to address how I feel about my body. I have to address my mental health. I have to address how I'm feeling in my career. I have to address the lack of representation in my drama school, in my theatre community. What can I do? How can I create a space for us? So actually that helped a lot. I started with a few other students kind of revamping what our um, black student union looked like. And that really, really, I think, just even having that to focus on and laying the foundations for oh my gosh, hopefully no other black student has an experience where they don't feel facilitated. That just changed so much for me because it wasn't about me anymore. Um, and I think there's a power in that, kind of taking the focus off of ourselves, especially if you're anything like me, I'm definitely an overthinker. I overanalyze everything. Um, so actually taking a step back was amazing. Yeah, I have to say that all of your body positive stuff has like completely changed my closet because there was like a time when I just like, I, you know, I dressed like a certain way and I was like, like, for example, like a romper. I was like, well, I just, I can't wear that. Like, that's just something I don't wear. I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't try it on. Like, it was just like, it was a no for me. And so if I saw like, oh, someone's having a sale on rompers, like, I just wouldn't even look because I'd just be like, well, that's just something I can't wear because my body type. Like, I told myself these things. And mm -hmm. to see you like wearing so many different things, lots of different, like you play with style a lot, you play with like textures and patterns and color mm -hmm. and all these things in such like a fun way. And you always seem to be radiating such joy in whatever you wear. It, be, it doesn't really like become about the clothes. Like I really see you and not what you're wearing, which I think is also like very powerful. Um, but like you just wear everything, like you just look that you're comfortable and happy all the time. Um, and I'm sure that not every day is like that, but that's like what what is coming across like in, in these photos. And so for me, it's just like, there's times where I'm like, oh, well, I can't wear that. And I'm like, wait a second, but she would wear it. So maybe I can. What you were talking about with, you know, making sure that like our, our timelines are diverse. Like that's something that I really um, put into practice in a big way last year. Like I went through everybody and I was like, First of all, I was like, I need to follow like 75% black women. Like it needs to be like, that needs to be the ratio, I think for me to make sure that I'm seeing myself and then seeing a lot of people that are also black women, but don't look like me too. You know what I mean? So I can understand how to better advocate for them and like, how are they going through spaces and what do they need from me and that sort of thing. Um, and so being able to see so many different black women, especially you included, on my timeline has made me go from like last year where I never posted photos of myself to this year to where I post photos of myself all the time. It's been like a drastic difference. And I'm a photographer, like I've spent years behind the camera, like I know how to pose, all that good stuff. But I was always just like, oh no, no, I prefer to be behind the camera. But it wasn't really a preference. It was just that, you know, I wasn't used to seeing people like me. So I was just like, mm -hmm. I don't need to be here. And so it's, it's revolutionary really how just something like an Instagram account can like change the game for someone else, you know? Oh my gosh, I'm, that's amazing. That's amazing. And now I'm gonna go back to Instagram and like every single photo. <laughs> <laughs> so you had this recent post um, about being an angry black woman, which I know all three of us have heard that phrase before. So you've mm -hmm. spoken about how you used to be really worried about that label, but now it's not really a label that you care about anymore. So what's changed your mind about like hearing those words? I think um, it's kind of been for me a journey the last year and a half, but I think especially the last week or the last few weeks, um, seeing kind of the mourning period, because I didn't want to call it back, call it that but I think the black community is in a bit of a mourning period right now yes. seeing the way that we are unsafe <laughs> seeing the way that all like ordinary things that everyone should be able to do safely the more like mourning the loss of that um has really put things in perspective for me because 
I used to think, okay, um, it's bad. Like anger is a bad feeling. And if I feel it, that means I'm not an approachable person. Like no one's gonna like Michelle if she's angry or if she's political or if she has something important to say. And I've kind of always hid from that. I've wanted to be, you know, I think we all want to be liked and we all want to seem super amiable, like people is approachable. Um, and I think whether or not we, we are as black women, I think we can easily be labeled as militant or over opinionated. And we can end up being pushed into these boxes that stifle us, that stop us. And then I realized like, no, the things that we're being told that are bad about ourselves are the things that are helping us change the world and change mm -hmm. our communities and change our lives. The the anger, the, the militancy, the passion, all of those things are what are, are they pushing us on to make changes. If we weren't angry, about the fact that our sons and our daughters aren't as safe as other people's children, we wouldn't fight to make sure that things could be safer for them. If we were not angry about the fact that black bodies aren't as seen as beautiful or as socially acceptable, if we just left it, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Even things like the fat acceptance movement, movement and body positivity, that was surged forward by bodies realizing that they had to take ownership over their bodies, they had to take ownership again over their space. And so I think it's really funny. So we're talking about Disney. Um, my husband and I watched Inside Out the other day again, and I love that film. And yeah. I was saying to my therapist, like, I relate to the idea of the memory balls kind of either being black or white, and I'm trying to allow at this phase in my life, the nuance for the memory ball to be a little bit of sadness and a little bit of joy and a little bit of anger and knowing that each one of those feelings has, like they're all valid, they mm -hmm. all have a space, they all are helping inform us and helping us be the people that we need to be. Sometimes we need to be angry. And so owning that for me in just this last couple of weeks has been so important, not shying away from it, not labeling myself as someone I'm not because I'm angry, I think. And you know what, if people want, and that, that's why I was like, you know what, if someone wants to tell me I'm an angry black woman, if someone wants to tell me that I'm, I'm intimidating, I'm over opinion, over opinionated that they can have that narrative of me but i know who i am and i know that those things that they are seeing as a negative are the positives that are going to keep surging me forward in life and also hopefully one day help me raise children who are able to own themselves just as hard and don't need to be labeled or boxed and are able to live a super free life we can only hope that's my prayer <laughs> i can't yeah. really be passionate but yeah yeah i want to tell you like since you mentioned kids and like i don't know if you're planning on having biological kids but i am black and white and let me tell you we need a lot of guidance okay we need a lot of help mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. we need a lot of help from our black family members like navigating the space because it's very strange and mm -hmm. you know i've literally had people like you know know me for years and then see me get upset and be like oh so there's your black side <gasps> like that's to them i was black once i was mad about something oh yeah. my goodness yeah mm -hmm. yeah so no. it, it is very it's a very very strange place and it's funny to me because i'm like i'm sorry my parent that is angry is my white parent so i don't know like what y'all heard but like my mom stays yelling and my dad is super chill. So, mm -hmm. you know, like it's anybody can be upset, but like black people actually have something to be upset about. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, I will say it's mind blowing. I don't know like how much you've seen of like the trash that is America at the moment, but you know, we have white people storming government buildings with like mm -hmm. assault rifles at the moment. And yet we're being called angry. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, it doesn't matter what you do. People will put that label on you. I feel like regardless. So it's like, you may as well, like you said, stick up for yourself, stick up for your community, stick up for your children, your family, you know, because mm -hmm. even if you do nothing or you do everything, they're still going to have a label. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. It's, oof. <laughs> I can't even like, I can't even get into the morning period because I feel like it's so heavy right now. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. And I, I went to an, um, it was an AIGA talk uh, a couple of years ago, maybe four or five years ago, with Latanya Beauregard, who is a creative director at Yellow Shoes, which we all know is the Disney uh, design agency that's internal. And she was there and she had a whole conversation about being labeled an angry black woman. And she's like, and for what? Like, she's a black, she's a creative director at Yellow Shoes, which is obviously a notorious white space. Disney's a notoriously, notoriously white mm -hmm. space to be in and to be an executive and for her to put out ideas and then have people in the same room just repeat the ideas and they'd be like, oh, that person, like in real life, which has happened to me before. So I totally get it. But she was just advocating for creatives of color to own that narrative, own being an angry black woman. And so I'm especially mm -hmm. happy that we were able to say this again in 2020 when we are so afraid, I guess, of the political structure and not being wanting to ostracize ourselves from certain spaces. I don't want to be in a space mm -hmm. that gets upset when I assert myself like I that, that's not space for me I don't need to be in that space so I'm 100% on board with this because this conversation is so nuanced and this is truly I will say the first time and maybe it's the people that I'm around or maybe maybe some people that I know are just fed up where I've seen even more people like non people of color speak up now like I think I don't know if it's just quarantine or like everybody's just tired and we're like we're dying it's like you said, it could be just that I've gotten the wrong type of people out of my life. Yes. But I do feel like I've more than ever seen people, like people say, saying stuff before I've been saying stuff. Yes. Like, wow, you guys are yeah. really on top of it for once. So that is a really, that's a great sign. Yeah. That yeah. gives me hope, you know? Right. That maybe one day, and I mean, granted, who knows? But I don't have to worry about my like five-year-old going to kindergarten asserting herself because she's very assertive in her ways and her thoughts and some other child being like, wow, she's really angry or whatever. So <sighs> we, it's getting better. It's getting better. But if you do, are you, if you are afraid of speaking out because you don't want to be labeled, I do recommend that you just F it and, and say what you need to say. Like whatever, <laughs> just F it. Like you will bounce back, like start a GoFundMe. I don't know. You'll get money from somewhere. Just don't be in a space where you're afraid to stand up for the right to live and exist. Yeah, like this is ridiculous. Exactly. So switching gears to something a little bit more softer, what is your favorite role that you have played thus far and what is your dream role oh so starting from the last question i don't know what my dream role is um my dream is just to make work that i'm proud of the dream is like making work that changes life because i can think of all of the work that has changed my life so my goal is just to be like, mm, be an artist with integrity. <laughs> and the dream is just to make amazing work. So in terms of that, that's that question. Um, my favorite role, again, I'm gonna have a bit of an on the face question, like answer, but I don't have a favorite role because every single thing has taught me something different. So all of the roles I've played are almost like they're well, they're not almost like they're people to me. They're um, they're women or men because I've gotten to gender bend sometimes, which has been super exciting. But they've all taught me something completely different, and I have space in my heart for all of them in different ways. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, it's hard. I think I probably, I learned a lot doing uh, Sister Act. I did that right out of, um, just right out of graduating. That's amazing. Um, the summer of my graduation. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Uh, after that, I remember after the very last show, I came off the stage and I made it to the wings and I just fell to the ground and I sobbed my heart out because 
I was just so grateful, but so exhausted. And I felt so much like I had, you, you like if you're in it and if you're truthfully telling this story and you genuinely want people to know, like, I, I want you to know this is what Dolores is feeling and this is what she's saying and this is what she's trying to communicate. This is what she wants to leave you with. At the end of that process, it's super exhausting. So I just fell to the floor and I just was like, Dolores, I hope I told the story right. I hope you feel heard and I hope that I was able to communicate what you needed to communicate. So, yeah, it's just... There's probably quite a stagey response. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's kind of it. Dolores is such I mean, a heavy I really role. I feel like that's something that like should be everyone's like, whether it's like a role or a project or a job, like if the dream is like to make work you're proud of, like that's 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 it right there. You know what I mean? Like that's that should be the goal for everybody. I can't imagine being that young and being like, Hey, you're Dolores from Sister Act now. Like right? I can't I like the fact that you said this, I'm like, my mind is blown. Like I would too be sobbing and I was sobbing and I was not there. I did not see it, but I'm at my chair. Like if I could sob right now, I would because I understand the heaviness and having the like I understand your passion and now I like want a film to be made about your life because that's such a transition like that is not normal like I don't think you understand that like you can't go from just like oh, I'm graduating to like being yeah. Dolores like that is wild to me that is so amazing I mean, like totally believe me I every step of the way I'm st I still every time I get off at a drop I'm still like are you sure <laughs> I'm like are they sure like do they want to change their minds that are allowed to do that like you still have that feeling of oh my goodness can i do this and all i can do is my best all i can do is exist within that person and you know, like i can't delete myself do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. so it's going to be me in that person and yeah. in the same way that if someone else is you know they've got their hand on the wheel and they're being that person, it would be a slightly different, you'd end up in a slightly different destination. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's, it is, it's wild. <laughs> I remember being like, this is wild. I'm just going to barrel on. <laughs> I mean, do you have a dream role that you're looking to, or you would like aspire to maybe step foot into that on the stage? I don't know if there's a role. I was talking to my agent the other day and we were just talking kind of like about the direction that I'd like to take. And I was like, okay, I would love to, and I was like, this is probably quite ambitious to say, but I would love to be like, Michelle is the British Viola Davis. Like oh, I would I love, love to it. have that moment of like, I don't know if you've watched How to Get Away with Murder, but the yes. scene where she takes her makeup yes. off, she takes the wig yes. off. Yes. Oh, yes. I was uh. so shocked. I was like, yes. oh, this is, this is a healing moment for black yeah. women everywhere. So I would love to like be in that position in my career where I'm creating those healing moments. Like for me, mm, yes, that would be it. I'm really trying to like, schedule my next visit to the UK for like when you are on the stage somewhere so I can come see you because oh. that would be amazing <laughs> like oh that goodness. would be so awesome so I grew up with a choir choir child um so I was like you know a little nerdy nerdy chorus person um and there's definitely those like performances especially like when the divas were in the 90s and they would do their whole thing that would just mm. like blow me away so there's certain performances and certain performers who just like you, you never forget that particular, uh, you know, thing that you've seen them do. So are there any performances or performers like that, whether it be, you know, like like the one you just shared, like about Viola Davis when she took off the wig or anything on stage that have really just like resonated with you for years? Um, so, uh, there's, there's so many. So um, anything with Lena Horne, literally yeah. like that's such a what like that's such a general statement for just like yeah, anything but... with her <laughs> um anything audra mcdonald oh my goodness yes oh yeah oh, just like dream dream boat uh anything heather headley oh my goodness yes I, she is queen our reigning queen um 
Yeah, and I don't know, like, I've got to watch the um, Jill Scott and Erica yes. like, versus thing yes. the other night. Oh, again, for me, I felt like that was such a healing moment mm-hmm. for black women everywhere. I was just like, oh, we needed this. But um, Jill Scott performing any live performance of He Loves Me absolutely has just just changed like the molecules in my body she's i love her vulnerability and her authenticity there's just something so magical about how she creates and performs her music that i like you just feel like you've got a window into her mind and into her soul and i just think the creation of that is so i mean that's why it's why we love art i just Mm -hmm. it's I barely have the words for it. It's just perfect. <laughs> um, my claim to fame is that my mom knows Heather Hudley's like aunt or something. <gasps> and when my brother oh. and I, like, my brother is like also like a musical theater kid. So when we were like young, we got to talk to her once on the phone and she just was like, keep doing <gasps> art and like stuff like that. But it was just like, for us, it was like everything. It was like a, you know, like a three minute conversation, but we were just like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. It was pretty oh, amazing. <laughs> That is no, that's super cool. Yeah, especially like I was in like middle school, so I was just like, this is everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I um, I feel like there's so many people I could think about. I I think it's important also that I when a to explain who the '90s divas were because I realize you said that charisma and culturally, I'm sure there are people who don't know. We're talking about Whitney, Mariah, Celine, you know, Tony, you guys, Anita, like even Anita, I'm putting Anita Baker in there, like I'm putting our older divas. Yes. So if you don't know, like just go and Google that, like Google the divas performances, like a, like for children, for the children who don't know. Um, Yeah. I, I just, I don't even have anything else to add. I feel like all those people are so culturally relevant and important and. I, it's so funny because I was just looking up um, who's on once on this island right now, and I saw that it was Tamira Gray, and I just I'm like, of course I know who Tamira Gray is because that's being black is such a unique experience that you you up these celebrity, you know these people because you yeah. know their talent and you follow them forever. I'm like, when was the last time Tamira Gray was on TV? 25 years ago probably but seeing her in this show i'm like oh my goodness absolutely because i love cassandra james and i've been following her career mm-hmm. for a while um so seeing that she's in such great company with these people i it's so unique being black is such a unique experience of being a black woman you just mm-hmm. can't explain like it, it's the greatest feeling ever like i can't even explain mm-hmm. how cathartic it was to watch jill scott and erica badu like i don't know if anybody we couldn't put it into it words Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite things about uh, this whole quarantine thing is all of these little... Um, it's just such like a very interesting thing to come out of this time. Yeah, so what is one positive thing that has happened to you during quarantine other than you creating all this amazing content? Like you, your Instagram looks like you have like a photography crew around you <laughs> every every day. I'm like... Yes, this who is taking these photos? I need to know. Oh, well, the shout out will have to go to my husband. Shout out to Instagram hey. husband and real husband. <laughs> yes, so if, like you guys will know that pre-getting married he was known as Bay online um so now he's husband I know I like it I love it so much (laughs) (laughs) so we actually managed to get married just before the lockdown in the UK so our original wedding date was meant to be the 4th of April um and we kind of knew things were going askew probably kind of like the Sunday before we got married Mm. and we kind of for us, we were just really eager to kind of start that chapter of our life as a married couple, as husband and wife. And we were also like, we don't know how this lockdown quarantine world is going to go. We want to navigate it as husband and wife. Um, 
so yeah it was really beautiful we we went to a place so we were gonna get married near Loch Lomond anyway but we uh so the venue we couldn't get married at the original venue so we found a place called Miller Rocky Bay which is just on the other side of like it's one side of Loch Lomond um and I had these two beautiful trees that were like side by side and it looked kind of like it was a a wedding arch and then there was a little bridge that I processed down so yeah that was the most exciting thing that's happened so far with getting married that's so amazing my birthday is April 4th so in my heart I will oh. forever now remember that you were supposed to get married on my birthday and so you can celebrate <laughs> two anniversaries which is even more fun it's like we can have this special day that kind of was we were already in this space and we had planned it it's almost like having your due date when you have kids you still mm-hmm. celebrate your due date for some reason. Like first, because it's pinned on you, like that was an important day. And my daughter's supposed okay. to be born on January 1st, which mm-hmm. like, is not awful. Like I can gonna remember that anyway, but I, all the time to my friends, my close friends, we always like, oh, happy due date day. Our kids are like five. Why are we still doing this? I don't know. So <laughs> that's something that you're always, I feel like going to keep set aside special outside of having, you know, your actual wedding weeks before. But it looks, I mean, that's amazing. That's such an amazing story that you were able to still get it done. And now he has a new hashtag and I living know. his best life. Yeah, I'm so glad like I was wondering what you were going to do and like the like I'm very involved in the wedding industry here in Orlando um and so you know we've had like I shoot weddings like at Disney and so obviously all like so I, did a wedding, <laughs> I did a wedding I shot a wedding or I coordinated a wedding actually which I don't normally do I normally shoot weddings but I coordinated a wedding like the Saturday before I went on lockdown uh mm-hmm. and it was so lovely it was like this gay wedding I was so excited about it and mm. then it was like, oh, man, they like tipped me amazingly because like I came out during, it wasn't like lockdown yet, but it was still kind of like getting scary. Um, and that yeah. was the last thing that I did. That was the last place I went. And since then, obviously like Disney's completely in shutdown. So like, you know, I'm not shooting weddings. And like, I have, no, mm. I have truly no idea like when I will shoot a wedding again. Um, mm. But like everyone in the wedding industry is just kind of like waiting and on lockdown. And so it's been interesting to see how people have handled it because some people have been like, okay, we're pushing back. Or as others mm-hmm. have been like, you know what, like, let's do this. And for me, it's been really like, I don't know, it just warms your heart to like actually see people like still be able to like make that promise to each other, like during all this craziness and to find mm-hmm. love and happiness, like during, cause it's like, we still have to live. We still are waking up. We're still eating. We're still like going through our day. So knowing that people are finding like love and joy and happiness and all of this is Mm. To me, it's just everything. And like you said, like being able to navigate it, you know, as, you know, a married couple, I think is just so wonderful. Like that's amazing. Mm. Yeah. And you guys can have like a big celebration whenever you want. That's yeah. So it was part. still, yeah, exactly. It was still going to um, kind of like do all the bells and whistle, hopefully towards the end of the year. Um, but we're more or less in a place where, we're playing it by ear now. I think that's the same with you guys over in the States. Yeah. It's kind of like everyone's t- everyone's tentatively, <laughs> like everything's very tentative at the moment. So. Oh my word. I feel like we were all ready for fall and now like seeing how everything's reacting, we're like, mm, maybe winter 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, winter will be great, yeah. Oh my word. <laughs> getting married in Colorado which is like the other side of the United States um mm-hmm. so I have no idea what's going on with that but she's it's supposed to be October of this year so we'll see what happens because I was like at this point I'm not even going to fly I would have to drive and it's probably like a 26 hour drive so yeah wow. we'll see what happens <laughs> and we're yeah. still in the United States like we don't go anywhere fun which is so annoying about living here <laughs> so we're now going to start there. driving everywhere and we're like still in Florida <laughs> eight hours later we're still in Florida <laughs> like switch lives and take my home and live next to Disney I will happily (gasps) trade with you because you live in my favorite city in the whole world Edinburgh Scotland is just like it's a dream it's like walking through a storybook like it's it's mind-blowing to me when I first went there that people actually get to live there like it's bananas to me like I don't like no I I truly like this is I mean and I was on tour for like nearly two years and I kind of saw every inch of the UK and I was like no Edinburgh is hands down the best city in the UK it really is like and it's funny because you know when I went like being an American we're 
really driven it's driven into our minds like London is everything like London's the best that's just kind of like mm. the culture and like where you know what, what everybody says so we were planning to go to the UK and we were going to be based in London for most of it and visiting mm. different cities for like day trips and overnights and stuff but at the last minute I decided to surprise my husband John with like a little trip into Scotland and to do Edinburgh and like it ended oh. up being the highlight of our trip and oh. we literally were like we love it here like we want to live here like we, we were like we literally talked about we're like what if we just didn't go back to like auction off our stuff and just like never come home and we stayed in like an airbnb like really close to like edinburgh castle and wow. um, like we ended up like we had like an issue with our television or something and I just told the host just so that he knew, like we didn't need it because we weren't really like watching TV, we were out and about, but he was mm. so nice. He like came by the flat and like fixed it. We ended up talking to him forever. And I was just like, every person we met was so nice. And of course mm. they were all like, oh, you should move here. Like you should live here. And we're like, we're trying. <laughs> like, we would love to. Do you guys want to marry us? Like, we'll happily come over here. Like not a problem. But yeah, so next time we're going to do a reverse where we'll spend like a little bit of time in England, but we're going to spend most of our time in Scotland. Oh, well, you know, I'm here. We've got our spare room, so you just let me know. Yeah. I'm as a tour guide. It is so beautiful there. Like, it's just, and the people are wonderful. Like, it's some of the best, like, food that I had while I was in the UK was there as well. Mm. Um, I was just like just thoroughly impressed and I feel like you know we only really scratched the surface I won't lie I did a lot of the Harry Potter things I have to do Harry Potter things like this is very important and that's kind of why we ended up going but once we went we were just like oh this is so much more than like what we could have ever imagined it's it is just like it's unlike any other city that I've ever been to in the world so yeah, and like you said, you've now seen, like, all of the UK, so you're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, for our listeners, tell us, what do you think is next for you in your career, and where can they follow along with your adventures? Um, that's a good question. Um, what's next? I hope it's because I can only, like, when you're kind of in a creative or, like, performance-based industry, so much of your life is in flux so you've like that's one thing about the quarantine that I haven't struggled with is not knowing what's going to happen mm -hmm. next because I just live a life of not knowing what's going to happen next um so my hope is that I'll get to do a little bit more tv and film um I'm doing some more writing I'm trying to finish writing a play so hopefully when our theatre industry kind of like starts to reboot itself I would love to kind of put that on maybe for fringe 2021 who knows um Ooh. but yeah you can follow me on instagram my handle is michelle hopewell um and that's where you can normally see me talking about food or <laughs> disney <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so hopefully just hopefully it's lots of different things lots of different exciting things that's so I exciting. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I feel like I learned so much about you. I've been wanting to interview you forever. So this is amazing. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've really, really enjoyed myself. All right. Well, this will be up, guys. Thank you.